0: Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today, the topic is why you need and deserve a post divorce makeover. And the reason you might want a post divorce makeover is let's face it, divorce isn't just a beginning and an ending, it's a transition. And so, as we move into new spaces, maybe we need new faces. And to help us with this topic is Karina Solomon, author of Sexy Sassy. And starting, excuse me, I got the title wrong. Sexy sassy and starting over. Thank you. She held it up for me. Karina is a relationship, intimacy, and style makeover coach. How are you, Karina? I'm doing great. Hold Excited that about up where Hold this conversation
1: goes. Hold, Hold that up again. again.
0: Oh, what a great picture! And you look just like. Wait a minute. Okay, yeah, there. You look just <laughs> like it. Very cool. Great cover. And so those of you on the podcast, you can't see the book, but don't worry. We're going to give you info later on so you can find it. You can see how great Karina looks. So Karina, someone, something I asked someone who happens to be on the show in the beginning of the show is how did your heart lead you into the work that you do?
1: I like the way you phrased that, Rich. And first of all, thank you for the opportunity to be with you. We had such a good chat before. It was a wonderful invitation to receive. Great to talk Um, to you again. Yeah. So, you know, I've always been a teacher my whole life, meaning... I've always felt if I learned something helpful to me, it would be great to pass that information on. I think believe it started when I learned how to tie my shoes because I'm dating myself. We actually didn't have Velcro when I was three and I learned how to tie my shoes and I thought it would be helpful for my one-year-old sister to know how. I don't know that it actually worked to teach a one-year-old but it just made sense. And so fast forward, became a teacher, taught school, did this and that. And then one day I became an image consultant Um, because a friend of mine was like look dude you're really good looking I need to take you shopping he said next paycheck well next paycheck we took him shopping and his life changed and I'm like really it was like that happened to you he fell in love and this and that and it was such a transformation and this is San Francisco where people dress and he moved from the Midwest and looked it good looking guy but he was hiding and I thought wow what would you have paid me to do that when he told me the transformation that he'd had from seeing family and friends and I thought I'm going to hang a shingle so I did and that was in the Mm mid-80s and I dressed a whole lot of people men and women for years and it was never about the clothes rich it was always teaching people how they could represent themselves in the world congruent to who they were becoming. And I tell that backstory because, you know, maybe you you get a big promotion. Maybe you go from working for corporate to being on your own. Maybe you've been a mom forever and now you're empty nested and you look down and you're still wearing strawberry stained overalls and, and driving a mom soccer mobile. So whatever it is, transitions happen. Well, then I got married, had a very successful marriage and a successful divorce, amicable. We're still best of friends, best part for me is that I get to be Grammy to my stepson's little kids. Um, and that speaks to an amicable divorce. I'm gonna go back in time a little bit too. Well,
0: I, I, I love the way in the story of the guy that you did the makeover for, you said he was from the Midwest and he looked like he was from the Midwest. Right. And I think what's really important about that is sometimes, you know we may have a look that's really working for us in one context. but the, The problem with divorce or maybe the challenge or the opportunity of divorce is we are literally changing the context of our life. So we may have a look that worked great for us as a husband or wife or as a mom or a dad or as someone in a partnership or as a professional, and then all of a sudden we're shaking the whole thing up. And that's where folks like you jump in.
1: Right. But I'm going to tell you that the image consulting, that's the past. The image consulting is a very small part. Of what i do now because when somebody comes and so so fast forward i had my own marriage my own amicable divorce very friendly and i relocated from you know san francisco down to the san diego area and all of a sudden i found myself in my late 50s single going whoa i thought it would be so easy to start over i thought oh you know i still have some chops i'm friendly i'll meet people it didn't happen that way. It was the single hardest thing I ever freaking went through in my life, and it wasn't contentious. We didn't fight about money. It was the easiest, most as as our mediator said, our divorce mediator. Well, I'm not going to make money on you guys. You like each other. We were just done being married and romantic. We were cutting each other free wow. to create new lives. So that said, if it was so hard for me, I didn't have little kids involved. It's really a hard thing to go through, even when it's easy, and so. I just, I'm very resourceful, you know, I I mean, I've done tons of personal development training starting in the twenties. I started my first personal development training. And then in my early, in my thirties, before I met my ex, I was introduced to something called Tantra intimacy. And I had my first intimacy training. And that was an epiphany for me of, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I, I I didn't know what I didn't know in the realms of intimacy. And I dove in and started studying with all kinds of relationship experts and teachers and Tantra teachers and studied with many different teachers to the point that that's where I ended up meeting my former husband. And we spent a lot of resources learning the stuff that we didn't know. We didn't know about intimacy and relationship and sexuality and all and communication.
0: Hey, tell the audience a little bit about Tantra and what it means.
1: Yeah, Tantra intimacy, I mean, it comes from the ancient arts in India. There's the tantric temples, and it's definitely been westernized. Tantra is about intimacy. Some people, oh, it's just sexuality. No, it's about intimacy. And the reason I had that epiphany, when I, a friend, I was a friend's plus one so that he could attend a little intro, he had to bring a woman because they wanted to be gender balanced. Fully clothed, except for our shoes, because it was raining. Fully clothed. I found myself, they said, men, create a circle women go stand in front of the man you came with or a man. And I was standing just a little too close to my friend, Bob. I mean, I was always used to kind of being handshakes. Uh-huh. Distance, and it was a little closer, and I had to bow in Namaste, kind of like you do at the beginning and the end of a yoga class. But Namaste is the Sanskrit word for I honor the divine in you.
0: Mm-hmm. So all
1: of a sudden I'm honoring the divine. And all this was explained in a man I didn't really know intimately. And it was like with no place to go because I was instructed to look into his eyes. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, with her permission, put your hand on her heart. It was all, again, fully clothed, always with consent. And all of a sudden I'm standing my hands on his heart. That's really close staring into somebody's eyes and you're not kissing them or having sex. Very interesting. And I was realizing, Oh my God, there was no place to hide. I couldn't disappear. And then it was like, women say, thank you. And step to your right now is in front of a new guy. Well, <laughs> by the third or fourth guy, they said by, the, and there were different instructions at each station, they called it. Uh-huh. And then when it was, We'd been tired, we'd been standing for a long time. Gentlemen, please sit on the floor. Ladies, crawl into this man's lap. Now listen, I'm not a real big person, but I'm 5'6", and you know, I'm not skinny, I'm not heavy, but it was like, laps were not where I spent a lot of time. You know, it just wasn't a thing. And Definitely it was really out of your
0: good. comfort zone. Out of most people's comfort zone. I was
1: so out of my comfort zone. I'm sitting in this and he was really handsome, I remember. I'd never seen him in my life, I and mean, I'm in his lap. And and they said, with her permission, stroke her hair. Ladies listening to this, I don't know about you, but stroking my hair is a way right to my heart. It's like really intimate, more intimate than some other things we might do anyway. And I had those seventies, you know, Rich. I mean, I was not, I, I, I had the seventies. It was a different time, you know, yeah. so it wasn't like I was a prude or anything, but we would turn off the lights and do our thing. We did not, I do not remember looking into the eyes of somebody. Hi, how are you? It was so like woo-woo, goo-goo, gaga, but it was so intense. And I literally ended up in sobbing with a combination of joy, at what just might be possible and grief at what I hadn't had yet at age 35. So I dove in and that's integrated into who I am. Absolutely. So I teach intimacy from the perspective of not just about sexuality, because, you know, sexuality goes under the big umbrella of sensuality, mm-hmm. all sensual, whether it's the nice warm breeze on your skin or the taste of a delicious mango or peach or somebody stroking your hair and sexuality, of course, fill in the blanks.
0: You know what uh, I, I love about that? I love a lot about that story. Uh, yeah. and if it's all right, I'm just going to comment. You know, um, my introduction to Tantra was the p- pictures of Indian temples you know, and everybody's like stroking each other and it's it's all sexual and intense. And I, yeah. and I had a very sort of uh, I was young, so I had a young man reaction to it. And at the same time, kind of an Elizabethan Western. Oh, is this right? Kind of reaction to it. Right. And what I got about it as I learned more about Tantra is that culturally in India, they didn't have that stuff going on. You know, for them, it was an ex- it's what we all think. Sex is supposed to be an expression of love, an expression of closeness, an expression of intimacy, uh, a melding together of people, but still maintaining individuality. You know, like the, the, it had a whole different connotation there. And so what I love about those exercises that you did is that it really, and what you shared with us, is it really puts across to the audience, you know what, intimacy isn't necessarily about sex. It's about being comfortable with yourself with other people.
1: And I'm going to tell you right now that that really good sex isn't going to happen without real intimacy, except, you know, when you're 21 and 24 and the hormones are driving you and the baby, the baby engines are working. It's like, and the word horny is used. My joke is horny is no longer an operative term as we get more mature. And most people are somewhat more mature after a divorce because they're probably at least my clients are usually at least in their mid 40s. Because they're kind of going, maybe they've had two or three divorces. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this work, by the way, is the stats about divorce. But let me go back to what my heart did. So all of a sudden, I was learning so much that I realized I have to write the book, a little handbook. This is a handbook. This has more content in it. It's kind of silly. And I do a lot of posting on Instagram. And I'll tell you how to find me on on there. But I have so much content. Because like what you just said about the intimacy conversation, Rich, I have, I was stunned. I'm still stunned at how little people know. I mean, I put three tips on what I wouldn't do as a relationship and dating professional. I put three tips on Instagram and people are like, wow. And I'm like, seriously, that was so basic. It's not basic because we've never learned it. I've chosen to go to school to learn what is not taught in normal schools. We learn reading, writing, arithmetic. We learn our our careers and how to do how to dance and play music. But you know what? There are schools to learn how to be intimate and for me, it's to learn how to communicate. And so, without communication, you don't have a relationship. So- and if we don't continue being really honoring of our partner, people forget to say please and thank you after a while. They just go, "Get me that." It's like Excuse do, me.
0: It's, do me, baby. So he, let's let's um let's give the audience the meat of this. So what I, I what I know as someone who helps people through divorces, there are four prerequisites to change. One is you got to let go of the old stuff, the, the old well, emotions. I have an
1: actual thing to do getting rid of the old the,
0: stuff. the old baggage. Um, the second part is you need a plan of where you're going. The th- the third is that you need to take action, and the fourth is that you need to adjust. So let's say. People have gone through their divorce, they've released some baggage, um, they're near the end of the divorce, and they they have this aha moment, oh my God, you know what, I'm not, I am now going to be a single whatever, um, I, uh, my interactions with other people are going to be really altered by my new circumstance in life, and here's an opportunity for me to change and grow. Let our audience know, how do they, how do they need and deserve that makeover first. Let's start start with the need and deserve part.
1: So so here's the thing. You you said something, you said they've let go of baggage. They've let go of some baggage. They've basically been- No, if if
0: they've they've been working in our programs, they let go a lot of baggage, but- I
1: understand. But the most important thing when they're done with your programs is to then hopefully they've worked the past enough to take responsibility for how they might've created the the breakdown in the Absolutely. marriage or, or for the the red the red the little yellow and red flags they didn't notice because I call it a surprise party the day you hear somebody say I'm gonna divorce you is no different than surprise. Um and then and, and you look back and see all the clues. So I call it a surprise party. So let's not create another surprise party in the second marriage or the third. And you know the statistics for third marriages are 73%. I think it's for second
0: I think for second marriages it's not that different.
1: 60. And for fourth marriages, I didn't even know that there was a stat for that 93 to 94% end in divorce. Now, why because we don't learn new skill sets so to your point rich people have let go of some baggage but they're also maybe they're dating for the first time in 35 years maybe they never dated they just met their high school sweetheart and all of a sudden there's online dating and apps and how do you look and what do you say and how, and, and protocols and me too stories and and there's so many different um societal mores and, and there's all kinds of stuff going on and so it's like How about first we make sure because even people have been through a lot of programs, I need to do something called the completion process because I want them to take the pleasurable forward, recognize what wasn't so pleasurable and leave it behind, do the forgiveness and the thanking and just sew it all up. And now we've got a clear canvas and then we start to design a new reality. And what is your what are your must-haves? What are your deal-breakers? What are your preferences? And what are the differences? You know, I, I'm a skier, so I prefer to be with a skier because it's a more fun winter, but it's not a deal-breaker if someone doesn't ski. But it's a deal-breaker for me if somebody doesn't take care of their health. That's a deal-breaker for me, et cetera. So we have to get really clear about what that means. And so yeah. my heart is all about seeing if it's possible to just help people kind of not have to go on such a linear reality it took me a long time to get over my marriage a long time even with doing the work because my lifestyle and my whole lifestyle changed and that was really hard it would like the stuff you don't know you don't know is going to happen when you're not in that relationship anymore so yeah
0: all right so you've gotten to that you've done some house cleaning you've gotten some clarity on your priorities and what's important to you how does the makeover process start from there
1: well the makeover process is i'm like i mean there's a lot of my class i've just been working with a widow for three months who's now dating for the first time she's on a third date dating for the first time in decades because we were able to do the work and help her open her broken heart again even though she'd done tons of grief work and everything else it's different when you're going to go open up to a new person and so she's dating again she didn't need my help she's one of the most fashionable stylish people i know so in terms of actual clothing She's got that one going, but we needed to make over a lifestyle to mm-hmm. make some room for her to have a new person in her life and to not have it be about always comparing to the other. So
0: what's, the, that what's the depth and breadth of that lifestyle change for, you, for with your clients? Tell us.
1: Well, um, to realize that it's the tendency is to want to compare. I know that one intimately. Well, he was like this and only p- comparing to the good
0: <laughs> and yeah, only we, we, somehow we forget the bad every day we forget a little more of the bad well, I mean,
1: would, would would people have second or third babies if they remembered exactly what it felt like <laughs> i think it's well the guys oxytocin. probably would <laughs> it's called oxytocin and the guys <laughs> do but anyway um um so the the breadth of it is to really design that new life and then when see i do Coaching happens over time. You know that, Rich. And it certainly doesn't happen in one session. I do three and six month programs, sometimes longer. People retain me so that they can have an SOS to be able to call me and go, I have a date tonight. What do I do? Do I look okay? And yes, we do the image consulting because I want to dress them so they're congruent with who they
0: are now. I think what I'm looking for is what are the when you're doing a makeover, since it's much more than what we wear or our makeup or our hair, uh, it sounds like it's an inside job too. Yeah, well, I have
1: a workbook that I call Clothing Confidence and Charisma, and that helps get people ready because I want to know. I I have a list that has hundreds of words on it. And of course, there are millions of words but i just picked a lot of the from juicy and sexy and attractive and successful and approachable to the ones that you don't want to look like and i always start with that when we're actually talking about the way to look and it's like you don't want to look middle-aged and dumpy and disappearing well how do you want to look and then after what? that we can, we can you go you don't into- want to look dumpy oh i do don't what? i look
0: dumpy it's exactly what <laughs> dumpy and middle aged. what right I got it.
1: The truth is, many women in their 50s and 60s feel like a disappearing act, and it might be time to color their hair. It might be time to only if, see, I'm about congruency, Rich. I'm never going to tell somebody to go color your hair if they feel really wonderful and beautiful. But if they have, they look in the mirror and they see that they look old or whatever, I'm going to say, let's go get your makeup done.
0: Makes perfect. Or let's
1: do plastic surgery if you have a conversation about that. Am I an advocate? I'm an advocate for people. Feeling great about themselves. I have somebody
0: you for you to meet. Um, it's a woman. Her name's Naima Ruffin, and she does. Uh, she helps. She teaches people like facial muscle exercises that beat the crap out of ox- out of uh, Botox and will postpone plastic Is surgery. It called
1: skin rolling.
0: I'm not sure what she calls, but I'll going that that
1: to con-
0: I'm gonna connect you guys because okay. you're, you're natural partners. But, um, you know, the, the point is that what she said to me, she, I said, well, why wouldn't I just like the surgery sounds so much easier? And she said, well, the truth is that you can only get surgery so many times. And, and so
1: you- the, tr- the truth is, it's both and it's both and because I- if somebody has a big nose or they have small breasts or sagging breasts, that's not gonna help. Her stuff oh, is not gonna help well, that. Her, her you point know, was.
0: Easy. Her point was you want to save, if you, could, if you can recover elasticity and remove some of those wrinkles without surgery, then do it and, and save, also, save that for when you really need and it.
1: And Rich, I'm also talking about, I have a girlfriend who's 64. She's had a conversation about the, the her eyes for years, no makeup, nothing anybody could do except plastic surgery would change that. So I want yeah. to say it's both and. Yeah. And she's somebody who's had a conversation about a big nose or different size whatever's and, or no chin, or you know what, I'm old and I, I mean, I look in the mirror, I'd love to do that. You know, there's certain things. Am I going to, not right now, but the truth is it's both and, okay? The wrinkles, absolutely, there's other things you can do, but that does not change a conversation somebody has about, you know what, I've always felt embarrassed by this.
0: Yeah, well, the the point of the exercises is not that you shouldn't get surgery, but, that if you, you know, to know all the options.
1: Absolutely. So what I'm saying is I look at all the options. I'd love to know Naima because if I could give her a client that has that kind of an issue that could easily be rectified without having to have anything invasive, I'm all about it. Believe so me.
0: It sounds like a, a really important part of the makeover is it's about getting comfortable in your own skin again.
1: And being in And your own clothes. And if you've been, you know, a lot of people will lose the weight that they gained in a marriage or post baby weight and they'll go, women will go, oh my God, I'm going to be dating. Oh my God, the camera doesn't like me. Lose weight. Cameras add weight. TV adds weight. Lose weight. And they decide to lose weight or guys too. Oh my God, you know, she's not cooking for me anymore. I'm just going out for whatever. I know one guy who literally went out for sushi five nights a week and dropped 80 pounds. What he did after his marriage. I thought it was hilarious. I met him for sushi. It was a date I had years must ago. must
0: have really liked sushi.
1: He really liked sushi, but whatever. He decided the Japanese know how to keep their weight down. That's what he did. So, but there's all different ways to do things. But when somebody drops a whole bunch of weight and they're, they're used to being heavy and, and looking kind of overweight, all of a sudden they don't even know what to do or how to adorn a new body that's in shape, guys and women. And I'm, you know, I've said to guys in dressing rooms, hey, let's show you have know, a great butt. Let's show it off. You're used to wearing baggy whatever's because you didn't feel good about your body. So, you know, it's it's using what you've got and being willing to then go out in the world and go, oh my God, I'm not used to being looked at as a sexy person. Great, let me help you integrate a new way to look. Let's dress you this way. And if you can't handle it, great, let's talk about that. Because it's a whole different thing. Dating later and dating some people, and you know this, Rich, you get people who've been married for a really long time. It is a different universe, single in your 40s or 50s or 60s than it was in college or in a big company where you're meeting a lot of people. It's not, or it, when, most people I know are in relationships to not meet organically.
0: Truth. So uh, how can people find you, your book, all your good stuff?
1: Um, go to my site, which is Success Appeal. Deliberately alliterated to sound like sex appeal, but it's Success Appeal. Dot com. And there you can find a link to my book, which is on Amazon. And I would just love to have you, um, you know, be able to stay in touch with you because I offer two free things there. One, if you're already in a partnership, how to juice up your partnership, nice. or you can choose the how to start date. There's some really good dating tips and also success.appeal is my Instagram handle, and I give a lot of free content and tips there. And I'd love to have you jump on my calendar and see if we can, after Rich gets done with you, we'll we'll see what I can do.
0: Or they may already be done on their own, or they, you know, like it's all good. There's, it's a big world. Um, So all those links will be in the notes for the podcast or video blog or however you're receiving this. And the question I ask everyone when we reach the end of the show is, what's the legacy you want to leave behind, Miss Karina?
1: You know, it's twofold. With this work, it's just for people to love themselves and to take full responsibility for the, for what they've created in their past, and to make and then to make and then to uh, choose a new future. But really, the legacy I want to live is I um, have a body of work called Men, Sex, and Money for Women, and it's for young women. The legacy I want to live is the mentorship the mentorship work I do with women in their twenties and thirties, and help them. I, I'm kind of like the mama bear that's not a mama to them. And I help them love themselves and create the most extraordinary relationships because of what they've learned in terms of communication and, and being willing to ask for what they desire. So Wait. that's the legacy I want to leave, making so a difference. It sounds women.
0: like the legacy you want to leave is for young women to really be comfortable with themselves.
1: Yep, and to be willing to 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 get clear about what they desire and know how to ask for it.
0: Nice, nice. Yep. It has been a pleasure having you on the show. Maybe we can do this again sometime.
1: That'd be really fun.
0: Cool.